0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of Rethinking Rehab with Dr. Shane Smith. I'm a licensed physical therapist practicing out in Naples, Florida, proud owner of Naples Premier Physical Therapy, and helping everybody that wants to come see me here in Naples live a happy, healthy life. Today's podcast, we're going to talk about what you, you are, what you eat. And in this podcast, I want to kind of discuss an issue that I see a lot in rehab that might connect some dots to people that have had difficulties with recovery from injuries and are dealing more with chronic uh, symptoms associated with those injuries. Um, There was a real interesting article I read recently called Chronic Low-Grade Inflammation, Metabolic Syndrome, and Dietary Recommendations. And it was implication for physical therapy and kind of what we do. Um, And really what I wanted to get going with this podcast is what happens when we get injured and how do we get over an injury. So if you think about lifting something up and straining a muscle, it takes inflammation in your body to respond to the trauma in the muscle tissue to allow for a healing fixing process to go on. So when you kind of think about injuries and cellular regeneration and healing potentials, they all involve a process regarding inflammation. And inflammation is a complex biological response of body tissue to harmful stimuli, such as pathogens, damaged cells, or irritants. Um, Inflammatory cells like macrophages or monocytes or leukocytes come into an area that has damage to it, Increases circulation increases metabolic outputs so that healing processes can speed up in that area and this inflammation process is Needed for healing so a lot of people that say oh you've got inflammation present. That's such a bad thing Too much inflammation or too long of inflammation being present is a bad thing Uh, But inflammation itself is part of a healing process so we do expect to have inflammation if you have had some form of an injury to a tissue Um, looking at just cellular regeneration, you know, I always tell my patients, you are what you eat. Um, every certain number of years, your cells have to regenerate. So each cell in your body does not live for the entirety of your life and dies when you as an organism die. So to give you an example, bone tissue lasts 10 years before it's regenerated. Skin tissue, every two weeks it dies and is regenerated. Nerve tissue can regenerate two to three months or three plus years depending on an injury to it. So different types of tissue, whether it be a bone, a muscle, a tendon, skin tissue, nervous tissue, they all have a different regeneration time period and they have a different healing time period. And what really is needed is an inflammatory response after an injury or trauma uh, followed by markers for stopping the inflammation process so we do have markers that will be present if inflammation is happening and there are anti-inflammation mediators Uh, to give you a couple examples of those those would be lipoxins aspirin triggered lipoxins pge2 pgd2 glucocorticoids as well as protectins and resolvents so those are some of the things that we hope to see marker wise that the inflammation process is winding down or stopping obviously too much of a good thing is a bad thing and too much inflammation will really resolve in a chronic low grade inflammatory state which sets you up for metabolic syndrome so if you do have inflammatory markers remain elevated over a long duration of time and the anti-inflammatory markers don't come in and stop this you know, process from occurring, you're going to see different things higher in the blood, such as C-reactive proteins, histamine, cytokines, free radicals, asominoids, tumor necrosis growth factor, bradykinins, and interleukin-6. So these are different markers for inflammation that will be present in tissue that if are still there for too long, leads us to this chronic low-grade inflammation. And it is oftentimes accompanied with metabolic syndrome. Now, why does this matter? If you're an individual that had surgery or had an injury that started to get better and then got to like a certain plateau threshold where it stayed the same state and just won't get any better, it's just... The best example I can give you is a patient I had yesterday that had knee surgery five years ago. And though I'm not seeing this individual for their knee he informed me that if he even attempted to kneel on that knee, it would hurt terribly bad. Now, I'm not going to say it's a normal thing for people with knee replacements to easily kneel, but I would say that there should be some level of tolerability with kneeling on a soft surface after a knee replacement. And this guy literally said, there's just no way. He's got a low level inflammation that's still chronically present in the knee area that got operated on because certain things didn't fully heal up the way they were supposed to. And one of the things that This research kind of talked about, which I felt was important to bring up, is it doesn't always relate to you're not doing your exercises or you're not doing certain rehab-based activities that your therapist or your doctor recommended you to do after a procedure or after an injury. Many of these problems with low-grade inflammation are dealing with diet, not dealing with activity-based stuff. And I feel like that's something that really has been lost. I don't really have a conversation with patients much on this topic anymore, but obviously reading this article definitely brought some things back to light for me and I wanted to share them with everyone who wants to listen to my podcast. So when we look at nutrition, it has such an important role with metabolic syndrome and controlling inflammatory markers and getting anti-inflammatory markers, the levels that we need to stop the inflammatory process. Because I said before, we need inflammation. We need the body to come in and repair, clean up cells and parts of tissue that were damaged from a trauma or from an infection or whatever it may be. That's part of how our body heals. What our body needs to heal properly is the proper nutrition, as well as the proper micro and macro nutrients needed for various injuries. Um, So when we look at metabolic syndrome, It can cause glucose intolerance. It can cause central obesity. It can cause hypertension. It can cause dyslipidemia. It can cause cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, stroke, and cancer potential. So, you can see by getting into this metabolic syndrome, it can cause a litany of problems throughout your body. But if you look at dyslipidemia, that is a condition where you're actually going to have increased fatty deposits in your muscular system. So, if you have increased Fatty deposits in your muscle. How do you expect your body to be as strong and work the way that it normally does? It won't. It just it just can't happen that way. Um, so what you need is you need some of that stuff to be stopped or cleared out ahead of time. Or if you think you are in this state of chronic low-grade inflammation or metabolic syndrome, we've got to alter the diet because that's the biggest factor that comes into play so a few facts to throw this into the mix you are more likely to have musculoskeletal pain or tendonitis tendinopathy problems if you have metabolic syndrome one third 33 percent of tendon injuries affect sedentary overweight individuals that have dyslipidemia insulin resistance, hypertension, and obesity. So we've got a large section of those individuals that are dealing, that are sedentary. They're overweight and sedentary. So it's not, they're out training, exercising, causing these problems to their tendons. It's happening due to lack of activity, as well as some of their health statuses ahead of time. Another fact, 60% of Americans' diets come from starches, sugars, flour, and foods with high glycemic index. All of these things initiate, mediate inflammatory processes. So 60% of your diet is pro-inflammatory. Why do we think that chronic knee pain or that chronic shoulder discomfort or my back that always bothers me or my GI discomfort is ever going to get better unless you alter what's going into your body? Because you are what you eat. The things that you consume get broken down into the building blocks that make you who you are. Uh, Another fact, 30% of the American diet consists of meat and dairy products rich in omega-6 fatty acids. These are also referred to as linoleic acid or arachidonic acid, both which significantly contribute to membrane phospholipids of cells involved with inflammation. Um, Omega-3 fatty acids, not 6s, but 3s have a significant anti-inflammatory benefit. Um, The generalized recommendation ratio between omega-6 fatty acids and omega-3 fatty acids is either 15 to 1 or 20 to 1 ratio. Now, the problem you have with a large amount of omega-6s is is that you have to have a proportional amount of omega-3s. If you don't have a 15 to 1 or 20 to 1 ratio of the omega-3s with the omega-6s, you're gonna be out of that ratio, which means you're gonna to have too high of a ratio of omega-6s in your body, which is gonna to continue to propagate inflammatory processes. Um, omega-3s, as I said before, are your anti-inflammatory uh, fatty acid, and that's the one you want to eat more of. Only 10% of the American diet is comprised of fruits and vegetables. Uh, And it's been proven that fruits and vegetables aid in anti-inflammation processes. So if we're looking at eating high dairy, high protein, meat protein, and low fruits and vegetables, we are dietarily setting ourselves up for absolute disaster in the body. Um, I can tell you firsthand, I have seen patients with chronic pain in a certain joint. Uh, Maybe a knee is broken down. And in one particular case, I'll give you, it relates to a sacroiliac, an SI joint, I had a patient years ago that had chronic on and off SI discomfort, and for her, her marker was sugar. Anytime she ate too much sugar, her SI low back region was terribly painful for a couple days until finally the sugar she ate could clear out of her body enough that she felt normal again, and it got to the point as long as she didn't eat sugars, totally fine, no SI pain. I have experienced myself, when I eat higher carbohydrate intakes, whether it be more breads and pastas in a shorter stretch of time, uh, or more animal proteins in a short stretch of time, I'll start to notice my knees feeling a little stiffer, my low back feels a little stiffer, my neck's a little stiffer. So the areas that might have a little bit more breakdown for you, and that's gonna be different individual to individual, is gonna be the areas you feel these inflammatory markers more so in than joints that don't have issues. That's the way I've related many patients of why is it when this happens, this is always the thing that hurts me. It's always my right knee or it's always my right hip. That's where you're most broken down at in a joint in your body. And if we have a chronic inflammation state to everything in your body, the area that's most broken down is going to feel it the most. Um, There was a five cross-sectional study uh, reported that showed an inverse association with fruit and vegetable intake. Uh, and circulating factors for inflammation. So some of those markers I talked about earlier in the podcast that are inflammatory markers, and if these are in higher percentages in your blood, you are in most likely a chronic inflammatory state. If you eat more fruits and vegetables, these studies are showing that those markers decrease. So if you've had issues with a joint bothering you, and you've been doing your rehab, you've been doing your exercises, and it's just still there take a step back from the whole exercise activity equation and maybe consider looking at nutritional uh, changes to see if some of that might be more beneficial for your overall body feel. Um, So let's get into some specific issues. If you had a muscle tissue injury, some things that you'd wanna do to help healing of muscle tissue more is not reducing carbohydrate intake, keeping it the same level it has been. Carbohydrates are important for muscle repair. You wanna add lean protein, so obviously muscle is protein, which is basic amino acids that build up to a protein. Um, So making sure you're increasing or having sufficient lean protein in your diet is very important after a muscle injury. You wanna increase vitamin D, polyphenols, vitamin C, and creatine monohydrate, Um, It's recommended to consume 2,000 to 4,000 IUs of D3 daily. Um, Also recommended after a muscle injury to consume creatine monohydrate at 20 grams a day for the first five days after an injury and then reducing it to Um, five grams a day going forward after that onto a consistent level. So those are a couple things you can do, increase lean protein, maintain carbohydrate intake the same, unless you feel you're already taking in way too many complex carbohydrates, then maybe reduce it to more simple carbs that you may get from fruits and vegetables, Uh, increasing vitamin D as well as creatine monohydrate. Um, If you've had a bone issue, so maybe you have a fracture, a stress fracture, or other bone related issue, a deep contusion. Maybe you had a fall and you hit your your hip bone really hard and you've been told you have a deep bone bruise. Um, Consuming an increased amount of fruits, green leafy vegetables. uh, You need more calcium, protein, magnesium, phosphorus, vitamin D, potassium, fluoride, manganese, copper, boron, zinc, iron, vitamin A, K, C, B um those are all important things many of which are minerals uh those are kind of what builds our bone tissue Um, so those would be some things you'd want to increase consumption if you've had a bone injury so making sure your minerals are very high and an easy way to increase your mineral uptake is deep green leafy vegetables dairy or fruit options could be good as well Um, i would recommend not looking so much at cow dairy milk stuff i'd look more almond milk that's actually got twice as much calcium in almond milk than normal cow's milk has um, as well as it's normally better digested goat's milk options are also a good one goat's milk is pretty good digestible as well goat cheese other things like that would be helpful in that regard Um, if you're looking at connective tissue like a tendon or a ligament injury making sure you have increased vitamin c copper are really important uh, to increase uptake of. High doses of vitamin C and hydrolauric acid have shown significant effects on tendon healing. Um, You can also go with hydrolyzed collagen. That's a good option, 10 grams, 15 grams of hydrolyzed collagen a day is really helpful and the reason you want vitamin c and hydrolauric acid is those actually have shown to improve collagen cross bridging so when you think about your connective collagen tissue uh, having that as tightly bound together increases tensile strength which reduces the ability for it to tear in the future or it allows for less likelihood of inflammatory reactions occurring due to tensile strength. So those are really important ones. Um, So to finish with, what would be some good foods to change to in your diet? If you feel you are not eating the right stuff and you feel your dietary intake of food is contributing potentially to your pain or inflammatory state, Uh, good foods to eat are gonna be whole foods. So real foods that are not processed is kind of the generalized statement I'll make. So when you're thinking about fruits, we're talking blueberries, strawberries, blackberries, raspberries, all those standard berries are good. Vegetables, kale, spinach, broccoli, all the different green leafy vegetables are good. Other vegetables that aren't green leafy are still good. They're all gonna have good micronutrient content, vitamins, minerals in there that will be beneficial. Beans, lentils, nuts, seeds, olives, olive oil, fish, other forms of lean protein, brown rice, those are all really good, low inflammatory foods to help overall your metabolic state or your chronic inflammatory state if you feel you have it. Now some of the foods you want to try to avoid or to consider if I'm eating too much of this stuff in my diet, how can I alter to remove it? So some bad foods are going to be like I said before, your processed foods, Um, breads, pastas, baked goods. Processed foods, chips, crackers, pre-made desserts, cookies, ice cream, anything with a bunch of added sugar to it. Too much alcohol is definitely not a good thing, unfortunately. Uh, Processed meats like hot dogs, bacon, sausage, pepperoni, all that kind of stuff. They add different things to it to preserve it. Not the best for you to consume in high amounts on a regular basis. Processed cheeses are another one that you got to watch out for absolutely fried food as much as I love it love going to the south getting some good fried food in moderation try to limit how much fried food and sugary beverages such as sodas and sports drinks and one that I'll make a final comment on uh, sodas is many people look at diet sodas and I'm not gonna name names out here but many people look at diet sodas like a diet coke is oh there's no calories in it that's no big deal it's not gonna cause me to get fat I can easily drink as much of that as I want Well, the sweetener in Diet Coke is aspartame, and there's been a lot of good research out there showing that aspartame actually directly results in slowing metabolic rates and causes you to store fat more. So it actually, even though it's not giving you direct sugar calories, it is making you potentially fatter too. So try to get off that one. Um, If you want to look at some good diet options, where to start. Look into the Mediterranean diet. That's a really, really good one. A lot of people I know of varying health statuses and different age statuses do really well with a Mediterranean diet. Imagine if you lived in the Mediterranean, what would you have to eat nearby? So a lot of fruits, vegetables, a lot of lean uh, protein out of the sea, that kind of stuff is good. And another one that I came across was a DASH diet. So that's another one you could look into either Mediterranean or DASH diet. For things that kind of jumpstart if you want to alter uh, your dietary intake to improve your overall health status Um, from what i've found it depends on how long you've been a poor eater uh, to notice improvements in overall health function Um, if there's a lot of gi discomfort and you get a lot of you know diarrhea stomach cramping indigestion various issues with your digestive system You definitely got to look at loading up with pre and probiotics, probably 5 billion bacterium per dose would be what I would start with and maybe go to 10 billion if you can. Um, Your gut is the beginning portion for your immune system and a lot of inflammatory processes relate to the gut health so looking into leaky gut syndrome and some of those other problems that affect the intestines and the stomach is also really important to look at for chronic uh, inflammatory issues and metabolic syndromes Um, you are what you eat and the better you can treat your body now the longer it will last later in life and remember you only get one body so treat it nice because there's no replacement in the shop that you can get to Okay, that's all I got for today on You Are What You Eat. I hope this was insightful, uh, a good learning experience. And until next time, stay healthy, everyone.